You are listening to Give Grief a Chance, and I'm your host and advanced grief recovery specialist, Diane Morgan. And these podcasts are all about bringing grief awareness out into the world, because even today, my friends, grief is hidden and it's tucked away. So come along and join me on this journey. Let's start to bring grief out into the open and maybe you'll be brave enough to give your grief a voice. This is episode 169. Hello to all my lovely podcast listeners and welcome to this week's episode. I hope that you're all doing really well and as always I'd like to say a big thank you to each and every one of you who takes the time to listen to these podcasts. And I'd like to offer a quick reminder about my new journal, which is called Giving Grief a Voice. So if you or someone you know are grieving, it's a beautiful gift and you can find it on Amazon. So this week, I'm having a chat with Diana Aliano. Now, Diana became an artist accidentally at the age of 47. And this was when she did a first painting for a close friend. And since that day, Diana realised how much she loved to paint. And she's been painting ever since. Now, after the death of her father, Diana turned to her craft to help her express her grief. She has a passion for bright colours and she enjoys doing abstract and landscape with acrylic paint. Her work has been exhibited in several galleries over the last two years and is presently being featured at Brick, B-R-I-C, in Boca Rotan. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Deanna. Welcome to the podcast, Deanna. Thank you for being here with us today. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. So we are going to jump right in here and I'm going to ask you if you could tell us about your journey through grief and loss. Okay. Um, I started painting about five years ago and it couldn't have happened at a better time. Shortly after I started painting, I lost my older sister. Um, she was 50 years old and um, art had just become part of my life. And it really was um, a huge outlet for me. And it's a stress reliever. I mean, it really um, is almost like therapy really for myself. And then um, about a year, a year ago, over a little over a year ago, I lost my father. So um, I've definitely used art. I mean, I can truly feel the difference if I haven't had the time to get inside the studio and start painting. Do you paint every day? Um, I try to. I can definitely feel if I haven't. It's almost like... Um, probably someone who exercises. I, I do exercise also. And you mm -hmm. can feel the difference when, um, when you haven't done it. So what happened with your sister? Can you tell us a little bit? Um, my sister was um, ill for a very long time. Um, she um, was 
I think she had a stroke when she was 26 years old. So she had lupus. So she had, you know, a lot of illness for quite a while. And, um, but she lived a very long time considering they gave her a 2% chance um, of living at that point. She um, had a blood clot in her brain and she's like a miracle, but um, you know, as time goes by, she just was not healthy. Mm -hmm. So um, she wound up in pneumonia and uh, passed away in the hospital. Wow. So it's very sad. Yeah. And your dad, was he? He's another very sickly person. I mean, it's just really, we've had a lot of illness. So sometimes I would say this is, um, you know, some people have sudden illness and then people pass away. We had a lot of very serious illness and, um, and they would still live. My dad was on dialysis for 15 years, which is unheard of, you know, he really, and he functioned, you know, he would go to dinner, even the night of his um, dialysis, he would take a long nap and then go to dinner, you know, in the community my parents lived in. So he was amazing. Yeah. Now your mom is still alive, right? So you're, a, you're actually a caregiver for your mom. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and of course she's going through tremendous grief herself. So, um, I do spend a lot of time with her. Right, right. What's the hardest part of being a caregiver? I mean, what wears you down? I think you're just in a, a, you love someone so much and you want to do so much for them, but then you also have to live your own life, you know, and that's hard to balance Um, someone else's needs and your own, you know, really taking care of yourself. It's self-care. So, um, that's part, that's the part that is hard to juggle. Also, um, if you have your own grief and you're dealing with someone else's grief who, you know, it feels like you should, you know, she was married to him 60 years. So, you know, her grief is more important. Sometimes you feel like mm-hmm. because her loss is greater or she's taking it harder. So that's the hardest part for me is just balancing that. Right. Do you have a little help with it or are you the sole caregiver? Um, well, I have caregivers that help, but more, you know, it's different than being personally involved. So I would say it's mainly myself. I do get a little help from my sister, but I'm basically with my mom six days a week. So, and all of her care is really, um, my responsibility, you know, just Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything's going the way it needs to. Mm -hmm. So besides your art, then what do you, do you have a self-care routine? Um, I've gotten better with it (laughs) this year. So um, it takes a while sometimes just to realize, wow, you really need to take care of yourself. So um, I love to go for walks, um, you know, Diane, I live near the ocean. So Mm -hmm. I do, um, I say beach therapy, I go um, over to the beach and um, I also, I've always worked out. Um, so that's a huge part of my lifestyle is doing weight training. Um, so like you asked me what's important as far as sometimes the things that you're doing that you need to do for yourself, you don't do when you're caring for someone else. And it's more important to be doing it at that time. Like those things you cannot be neglecting. So there was a time, you know, when I was caring for my dad, because I said he was ill. And then during COVID, mm. I, you know, I, they're seniors. So you wind up doing double 
which you normally would do. And so I was not working out the way I needed to consistently. So I've really gotten back into that. That's fantastic. I mean, after all, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You're so right. And it's sometimes hard to, um, to realize that. Right. And I think as a caregiver, it must be hard because you're always putting everybody else's needs before your own. And like I say, if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of somebody else? Yeah. And I do know that, but sometimes when you're in the middle of it and there's just mm -hmm. constant things happening, um, you do forget and it, you know, eventually it catches up with you. Right. You know, so you'll did, start your dad, feeling it. did your dad die through COVID? No. Well, it was, um, it's crazy as it is. He was in and out of the hospital during COVID four times because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And, um, but he did not die from COVID. He actually died from his um, illness, his heart, you know, eventually, um, you know, gave out. So mm -hmm. neither my mom nor my father contracted it. They did not have it during that time. But mm -hmm. that must have been hard because then you had to deal with the pandemic of oh. not being able to all go in and see somebody or the funeral. How was all of that? Yeah, that um, that was trying times. It's, it was very interesting to um, to try to navigate, especially if you're the advocate for a person um, to even communicate with a hospital when my father was in and out. Um, when it came time for service for him, that thing my mom emotionally couldn't have handled anything. So that kind of was a good thing mm -hmm. that she wasn't feeling she like she was totally missing that. So, um, but we wouldn't have been able to have one at that point, you know. I mean, that's she's been with my dad sixty years. So she's mm -hmm. since she's 17, 18 years old. So emotionally, this has been, yeah, huge for her. So whatever she needed is fine. You know, we, yeah. I respect that for her. Yeah. So you know? was your dad cremated then? Did you do it that way? And then there was no. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We cremated him. Yep. That's my parents had their wishes already established. So that made it so much easier. I think, oh my gosh, what a, you know, sometimes that's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's a really important one. Right. <laughs> you know, I was so grateful <laughs> that they oh, had already sure. decided you know, do you have these uncomfortable conversations with your mom now? Do you? Talk well, we talk, we talk often, you know, about, um, about it really, because it's on her mind so much. And, um, you know, she has good days and bad days, but, you know, we actually have a sense of humor about it at times. So it lightens the mood and, you know, say something funny like, Oh, he won't need that anymore. You know, something, along those lines, but you know, it's hard because I'm not in her shoes. So I can just listen, mm -hmm. you know, to her because I, I wasn't married for, you know, I can't say I can, I can understand how she feels exactly because I didn't live the same as her. So, but, um, you did help her actually <laughs> spending time with you, Diane really did help. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. It, was, it was a pleasure to work with her. 
Um, mm-hmm. Can you, you know, being a caregiver for, for an elderly person is, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, for many people I've spoken to is it can be difficult. Do you have any, can you offer any advice for other caregivers without, who are taking care of elderly parents? Um, I think pretty much you have to take care of yourself. You need to realize, you know, that you're, if, like you said originally before, was that you're not good for them if you're not taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And also, um, maybe, you know, get the resources that are out there because there's so much information. Sometimes we don't know, you know, even talking to somebody else can bring you something that you didn't even think of you know, in order to make life easier for your, your parent or whoever you're caring for, or for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you have somebody to talk to? I mean, are you in a group? Um, You know what? I just um, joined uh, the groups on Facebook and it's a really nice community of people. Um, And they're very honest, you know what I mean? Of what's happening. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that. And also they share a lot of information too if something's going on, you know, just to, you know, give suggestions really not, you know, yeah. Just like things you don't think of, you know, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you're not thinking of what you can do to make it easier. Yeah. 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 So your mom's independent. She's at home, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. She lives, she lives by herself, but she has um, caregivers in the morning and she has in the evening and I spend the day with her. Is she pretty mobile or? Yeah, she's in a wheelchair, but she zips around. <laughs> she can move herself around. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to your art because your artwork, did it help you to move through your grief? I think so. I, you know, I, it's hard to, these things happening. I just realized that I like to paint right before um, my sister. So, um, but sometimes it's funny. I won't notice it, but you could see a painting at times that were very dark. And I don't normally do dark paintings. I My paintings are super bright. And um, every now and then you'll see the painting come in and it's very dark. <laughs> so I actually wasn't aware of it. Someone mentioned it to me like, wow, that's really out of the ordinary. So I think that um, sometimes it shows up in your painting wherever you are. Right, because you know. that was going to be, you know, I was going to ask, does it come out through your artwork? Because <laughs> grief is messy and you must have those messy, dark days. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like when you're in that in that mode um, that you're like looking at it and thinking, oh, I'm doing a terrible job. But even something is coming out of that. It's interesting. You know, um, paintings are always changing and um, there are no mistakes. Of course not, no. Your mood must affect, does that affect the colours that you choose or what you decide to paint? Um, I don't, I, you know what, I don't really sit down. I know a lot of people do do that. They do some planning. Only time I plan is if I have a commission. So um, then I'm very specific and that's what I'm doing. And I, and, but I also try to play in between. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll work mm-hmm. on a commission, leave it alone and then go over and just, you know, just see what comes out. So that was the part that was so interesting is that those dark 
like paintings, mm -hmm. they're very rare, but it's during moments, you know what I mean? Like they just produce themselves. Like you're like, wow, it's not like I sit there and I really think about, oh, what am I going to do? I just go with it, really. Wow. So, so when you're in the creative zone, mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? Um, so relaxed. It really does. I, and it's funny because I will, I will say that um, to someone like it's just um, so relaxing for me. And it, it gives back something like I, I feel like sometimes um, art is therapy. So even for I think all of us have some kind of creativity. Mm -hmm. We're dancing or music or so for me, it's art. And um, it's funny because a lot of people say to me that um, they can't imagine it being relaxing because they're so worried of making a mistake. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you'll look at the canvas and worry, is that in the right spot? But I don't ever feel that way. So really, um, it doesn't even cause me stress. You know, it just really gives me um, relief or calmness. Right. Do you think it's easier? Well, not easier, but it's a different because you'd like you love to do abstract. Do you sort of do you, like if you're painting a horse, let's say, you know what the horse looks like. <laughs> if you're painting abstract, then is it something that just flows out of you or do you have that picture in mind before you start? No, I do not have a picture at all. So it does flow out. And what you're saying is so true. I'm so much of a perfectionist. Like I just did um, a cat. Um, I have not posted that one yet, but I just did someone's cat. Uh -huh. And so when I do that, I'm so, it has to look exactly right. And um, I don't really feel that way if I'm doing an abstract or even a tree because branches can go, you know, it just gives you total freedom but when it is an animal or um, something very specific, um, I do, it's much harder. Like I would rather just have the freedom, much more relaxing. Right. I can imagine. <laughs> so do you have a space that you work from? Um, recently I moved in April. It's called Zero Empty Spaces. And um, I used to work at, on this little, uh, like almost like a cabinet <laughs> in this little tiny space. And now I have my own space. Um, it's with a group of artists. Um, we each rent our own little, um, you know, space. And um, there's, I think there's like 15 or 16 of us. And it's made such a difference. Like I can, you know, paint and use the floor or on a table or the easel. I love it. That must be nice that you can like walk away from it, even if there's a mess left there. <laughs> Rather than having it in your home where you're like, I got to clean up and put it away. Diane, I clean up anyways. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and someone said that to me, like, why do you clean up every time? I'm like, well, I think because when I come back, everything is, I know where it is, you know? So it's funny. So I put my paints back away and I put, I organize things before I leave so that I can come back and it feels fresh. <laughs> Otherwise I'd be like, oh, what a mess. <laughs> but having space though is the biggest thing and having a place to put things mm -hmm. is huge. Is it a place where I could come and walk around or do you have exhibits like say once a month? Um, in this space, um, the public can come between 12 and five. It's open okay. to the public to come and see all the artists. And there's so much beautiful art. I mean, it's really nice. 
um, to have us all together. So person can come in there. Um, and I think we're going to do something in September. I'm not quite sure of the date yet, but um, I just started doing my own um, live art shows on Facebook. And ah. it's like, it's a little easier because then people don't have to um, drive anywhere. They can stay home and just, you know, they could be anywhere and just watch it, which um, that was huge, you know, for me to go live um, was That's pretty exciting. Fantastic. That's a great. So people can sit and watch you paint. Yeah, I haven't painted yet. I, do, I should do that. I haven't. It's all baby steps. So what I did was I showed um, 27 of my paintings and um, which, you know, even the fact of letting people know they're for sale, you know, your paintings are for, for sale was um, big and just uh, doing anything live. So I, I'm going to do another one um, at the end of September, another uh, live art show. Oh, but good. yeah, little by little. And I probably will do maybe a live um, like painting session. Okay. Just have to get comfortable and, and also figure out um, the right camera. You know, just right. the little things yeah, to yeah, put yeah. it together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have any preferences on size that you like to paint? Do you like to do smaller ones or big ones, or does it um, matter? I I do I do like to do larger paintings. Um, it, people don't realize sometimes the smaller can be harder. Mm. You know, because you only have a little space to work on. So um, yeah, I think probably anything larger than. Uh, probably 10 by 10 at least, you know, to give you some space, but the smaller ones are hard. Oh, I'll bet. Never thought about that, actually. I thought the bigger ones might have been hard, but maybe it's more freeing to on such a big space. And you can move from one section to another. So you'll be over in one section. You can let that dry a little bit and mm -hmm. then work somewhere else. On a small one, that's it. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So let me ask you, what's the best compliment you can give yourself today um, through all see. of this? Through all of this. I, I guess I'm doing the best I can. And I think um, I really care a lot. So I know when I do things, I put 100% into it. So mm -hmm. I, I know that I'll put my heart into it. You know, it may not be perfect, but I know I'm doing everything I can. I love that. So, yeah. you know, where can people find you then? Tell us, you know, do you have a website, a physical address, social platforms? Um, I'm on, um, I have a website. It's www.artbydeanna.com. Mm -hmm. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and it would be under Art by Deanna Aliano. Okay. Yep. On both oh. Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Okay. They're both there. Awesome. Yeah. And, and is there anything else that you would like to share today? Are there any new projects? Are there any? Is there anything for people who are grieving? Is there anything that you can share about your artwork or just doing, yeah. you know, art? I think I think sometimes, so even with the grieving, um, my mom, you know, I, I feel like it's not just myself, but she's creative. And I think it helps people like to, whether it's coloring or even journaling or um, listening to music, like there's so mm -hmm. many ways that are artistic that really, we sometimes forget about it. You know, we don't go back to our basic stuff that does 
lift us up a little bit. I mean, I know that it doesn't take everything away, but even just taking the edge off a little bit or something to distract you. Yes, I think it gives you a break from grief. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Puts you somewhere else, you know, besides just watching television or something like that, you know, just creating something and having something to show afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. Has, your mom, has she been doing some artwork? Or? She does. Um, she has coloring books, so she colors. Uh-huh. Um, she also does scrapbooking. And um, and I think she's going to get back into sewing. She's talking about it. So I got her sewing machine out for her. And um, that's a little more challenging, you know, mm-hmm. just, but she can do it. Puzzles. There's different, a lot of um, things. Um, she has a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. So I think it really helps. Mm-hmm. I think finding a creative outlet is really a good thing when you're in the midst of grief. Because like, like I say, it gives you that break from grief and it helps you to express yourself, helps you to get it out in some right. way, shape or form. Exactly. Exactly. That's really what I, I think. It I think it's huge. And sometimes we just forget to mm-hmm. go back to something basic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've had that creativity just buried deep within us for years, like you at the age of 47. Yes. Starting to paint. Yes. And I encourage it for everyone. I mean, I really do. Just even like people like, oh, I cannot paint. And I'm like, you haven't tried. Mm -hmm. You have no idea because Mm -hmm. I never painted and I never took an art course. So it's you just don't know. And so you got to try. That's right. You don't know until you try, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Deanna, I want to say thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your journey and your passions with us. Thank you, Diane. This has been wonderful. Okay, you lovely people. That is it for this week's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and that it was helpful for you. If you'd like to find out more about my services and programs, then please visit my website, givegriefachance.com. There you can drop me an email, you can ask me a question or share your story via voice message and I'll be happy to play it on the podcast. And remember to check out my journal, Giving Grief a Voice, and you can find it on Amazon. Oh, and while you're over on my website, why not check out my free gifts to you? There's a guided meditation to help you sleep, a grief recovery ebook with 61 tips on the experience of grief and how to move through it, plus my fillable grief worksheets. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate it, like it and share it. And if you feel like it, come and join me on Instagram at Give Grief a Chance Coach. And last but not least, I'd like to invite any women who might be struggling with their grief to come and join us in a safe and nurturing group on Facebook. It's called Life After Loss with Diane Morgan. And I would be honoured if you would come and join us and give your grief a voice. Okay, my friends, take good care and have a wonderful week.